I'm actually gonna go see a play this Friday called Not a True Story about Kim if she hadn't killed herself. I wanna oh. get this right because I wanna do yeah. a shout out. The play is called Not a True Story. They invited me to come and have a little panel discussion uh -huh. after the play. And I'm just gonna read it. It's, so this is Not a True Story. It takes the story of three tragic heroines. Chocho-san, Kim and Miss Saigon, and takes you on this journey if they hadn't killed themselves. And it, and it gives that female character agency and gives that strong point of view of, wait, why does she have to kill herself? Why does she have to kill herself, right? So I'm very excited about that. And and we're going to have a little panel discussion about the complicated legacy of films in Miss So Because <clears throat> it is a very complicated so legacy. I'm just going to be real with you all. They're reeling you in. What do you mean? It's a trap. It's a trap <laughs> it's because a trap. because if Kim did not kill herself, you'd be. This is like the alternate alternate universe where you play Kim right now. Again. No. <laughs> Welcome to the Paco's Place podcast. Visit abbotteservices.com for fast medical transcription service. This podcast episode is brought to you by AB Music Creative. And the podcast will begin in five, four, three, two. One. Ladies and gentlemen, finally, we have her in the studio, Miss Jennifer Paz. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? That would be you. Hello. Hi. Finally. What's up? You High know? five. <laughs> Thanks for the coffee. Cheers. 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 Love it. Having coffee at uh, Paco's Place. What, what time is it? It's a uh, school oh, night. It, yes. <laughs> and uh, you live more than 40 miles away. I do. I came especially just for you, so... Thank you for doing yes. this. Like we had, my Ted, pleasure. we had Ted Benito. So shout out to you, Ted. Great, um, Ted. Shout out to you. Yes, I'm here to corroborate uh, some of the some of the stories you told, uh, and uh, maybe call you out on some of the. No, just kidding. Ah, and then we had uh, Jing or Emmanuel Munda. Jing, you said Jing. I said Jing. <laughs> and Melody Butui. <laughs> now on Broadway and Here Lies Love. So shout out to you, yes, Melody. Yes. I went to her opening night. It was amazing. How was it? Oh, it was fantastic. How was it being in the audience? Oh, how was it being? Oh Do my you gosh. Miss it? it was electrifying. I mean I, I I'd seen Here Lies Love already um, at the public and I saw it uh, when they did a concert of it, um, version of it. And I also saw it in Seattle. And all the times have you have you seen the show i'm, I'm seeing it because vina oh. vina is is there yeah. oh yes oh right she just got into the show like what a couple replace, nights ago uh, right yeah. ripped to replace uh um, leah. leah that's right that's leah. right yeah so i saw it uh in seattle and i saw it on the dance floor but this time around i saw it um in the gallery seating area so i was like above the dance floor um and it was amazing it's Get ready, get ready for but experience. You used to be on stage. I used to be on stage. Now you're 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 watching it. When you watch it, do you watch it um, with the perspective of with the eye of an audience or with the technicality of um, someone who's done stage? Oh God! You, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like if I'm watching I'll a concert, I cannot unsee what goes on backstage, but. All you. of the above. I mean, like I mentioned to you earlier, I you know I've I've kind of taken a step back from performing in these last few years and been writing and producing more. So I come to these shows with just 
a completely more expansive point of view as a producer. Like there you go. The te- yeah, the technical things <laughs> um, as a story as a book writer now too. Um, I analyze like the lyrics. Um, so yeah, I look at it from a, from a broader perspective. Um, it's a blessing and a curse, no? It is. It is. So it, yeah, because. Of course, as an audience member, you want to be like taken on this journey. But mm-hmm. yeah, but my brain is like, oh, okay. I wonder how much that was. You know, like <laughs> I, I scrutinize those things. Like that light, like you know, the budget of this particular musical is like huge. So, um, but I, it was it was fun to just get to support my friends and I'd and seen them like create these roles, and it was just so fantastic to see them grow. Um, and it's on Broadway. And it's on Broadway. So it was it's just a monumental uh, historical uh, event. Rejuvenate your smile with Dr. Lourdes Kapalong's comprehensive range of dental solutions. Along with general dentistry, Dr. Kapalong specializes in cosmetic dentistry, including teeth whitening, bonding, dental veneers, and surgical crowns. Whether it's urgent care or preventive treatment, she'll take care of you and your smile. To schedule an appointment, call the clinic at area code 323-257-7582. Are you writing? What are you doing? Oh, you mean like uh, scripts. So script, yeah. So what am I writing? Oh my gosh, you've gotten right into it. Um, so I've written, right now I'm developing a musical with my husband. Um, and we just uh, had a, a reading of it over at East West Players. Oh wait, so you're you're doing a reading, which means you're done with the you're doing the rewrites. You're done with the rewrites. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's still in development. So uh, this particular musical that I just had a reading of, um, just shout out to East West Players mm. um, for supporting the development of new works. Uh, we had a, a reading of it back in March, and it was made possible also by a. A NAMPT grant, which stands for the National Alliance for Musical Theater. Um, for those of you that don't know, NAMPT is a wonderful nonprofit that gives um, early support to musicals in development. Right. So a lot of musicals that you've seen eventually that make it to Broadway have started with um, developmental support from NAMPT. So Can you imagine? Huge- yeah. Because can you imagine without those developmental support or grants? Like you have to you have to do something in order to fund this yourself and all that stuff. That's right. Yeah, it's it's really. I mean, I, uh, up until that point, you know, you're self-producing. You know, right. as a songwriter, yes. you're just constantly like self-producing or funding your own things. So your, to be with able your, with your fingers crossed. With your fingers crossed, but to have been awarded this grant was like such a huge uh, acknowledgement and you know validation for your art. You know, so that was that was a huge um, uh, encouragement for me. So, Why the shift? Why the shift from being a performer to being writer or producer? Why? <sighs> well, um, because of the lack of opportunities, basically for uh, for you know, I wanted more representation, and that after being a performer for something like, I mean, I've been in the business for about thirty plus years since you were a kid. Um, yeah. Teenager. Yeah. Teenager. Yeah. Um, and Did I just reveal your age? It's fine. It's okay. fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> proud to have just turned, of a, you know. How was your The one, no. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, 
Why the shift? There you go. It's a lack of representation. You've been doing this for a while. I've been, I've been doing it for a while. And honestly, like I, I, um, it took a pandemic, you know, uh, during the pandemic, I actually wasn't really performing at that time. I was just, uh, I was working at, at a salon of all places. Uh, I was, I was, I was a permanent makeup artist. Um, and when the pandemic hit, it was such a beautiful gift of time and, and it really made me just pivot and go, okay, now that we're not like busy getting in our cars and going to work and doing the, the thing that we're supposed to do to make a living, um, what is it that I really want to do? And, I, and I'd had these stories and scripts in my head. What is it that I really, really want to do? My God, isn't that a question you're supposed to ask yourself as a teenager? <laughs> mean <laughs> sure yeah um but but now it's more meaty right when you're when you're an adult and you ask that question it's more serious yeah i i mean i i think i've always loved being an artist um but there was a part of me that was a closeted writer for so long and even me calling myself a writer was a huge step for me because i just i didn't know if the stories that i could tell mattered and I realized wait no my point of view matters so I just uh I took myself seriously and I and I was also at the time I was uh, uh taking some screenwriting classes so um but you know procrastination <clears throat> is like yeah <laughs> the pandemic really pushed you to yeah. stop procrastinating so the pandemic, yeah uh, stop me procrastinating and I was able to finish four screenplays wow um and then during that time, I just started kind of flinging them out. So as, as, a, as a writer, um, just getting, trying to get into the business, there's certain avenues you could go. You could either, you know, you can go to school, which I didn't go to school for writing. Um, I just worked as an actor for so many years. Yeah. Um, so I just was researching. I'm like, okay, well, how do I, how do I just get my, my scripts out there? So I started just uh, sending them out to different screenwriting competitions and um did you win i ended up winning yes. one um and i placed in several others but uh i ended up winning the screenwriting competition what was your winning piece um it was a pilot called proud mary's and the story about it was about and this 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 is this this pilot is actually the one that i end up um now am developing into the musical so proud wow. mary's um out of about eight, 870 submissions was uh, selected. Um, the judge that uh, picked my script is a, she's a writer and producer on the HBO show Succession. I don't know if you watched Succession. I've heard of it. So to get that, you know, yeah, that, validation yes. from a writer that I, from a show that I like uh, admired, yeah. I was like, and it was so, it was so interesting because I had gone through so many drafts of this particular script and I had literally thrown it. I like dragged it into the trash bin. I was like, okay, what am I doing? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, what? imposter syndrome and was just like really heavy that, that month. And literally within like a week after I had dragged that draft into the trash bin i get this email notification saying congratulations you've won outstanding screenplays uh tv but, pilot did, competition did, 2021 yeah so did you erase it from the trash bin or did you so click, I, I, put back i 
took it out. I took it out. So that was like a really um, encouraging, you know, thing to have. So I got like a cash prize and then they, they, they set me up with some meetings with different executives and I was able to have these pitch meetings. Um, and then, and then I just decided randomly with that script, like, what would it sound like if these characters sung? So I rated my husband's catalog. Your husband is? My husband is Anthony Fedoroff. Okay. And he's a songwriter. He, um, uh, he was on a little show called American Idol, mm. uh, season four. With the original judges. Yes, with the original judges. Um, he likes to say that he was on that show before uh, he could grow facial hair. Because <laughs> he was a kid. He was literally was. Um, anyway, so I, I decided to take some of the songs that were just kind of sitting there um, in his catalog and some songs that we had written together. And I kind of put him with these different characters. And it was almost like like Avatar. It was like, like it, they just yes. fit like a Boom. glove. And then bloop. Yeah. It came to life, yeah. And then I had a reading of it um, with Philam Arts. Um, yeah. So shout out to Philam Arts. Shout Giselle Tonji, one of the producers of Here Lies Love. Yes. Um, and Giovanni Ortega. They invited uh, the, the, the reading of, of Proud Marys. And then from that, uh, a couple of theaters reached out to me and said, you know, what what is this? And I'm like, oh, what do you what do you want it to be? So I started getting interest in different theaters, and then that's when East West Players um, invited it for a reading, and we applied for a, for a grant, and we got the grant, and we just had developmental reading of it. So you know, you know, picking it up, <laughs> picking up from what what you were saying, right? What do I really want to do? Then writing the script. Um, how do I write a script? Where can I where can I find ways to start writing a script? Now that it's done, how 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 can I hear the voices of the characters? Now asking other people, what do you want it to be? I mean, these questions that you ask yourself, and these questions that you have in your head. How did how did you train for this? Like because other people are just stuck in their ways. Other people, when, when trials come to them or a change in, in, in circumstance, they, they just go, oh. But listening to you, I know, I know you've, you've kind of um, brought them in close, but the journey, so many questions, so many doubts, imposter syndrome, you mentioned it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What kept you going? Oh, well, I did a lot of research. Like but what I, motivated you to do those research? And the reason why I want you to emphasize on this is because I always say it, you use the same amount of energy to come up with excuses and solutions. Same energy. Mm. Different routes. Absolutely. Same, same energy. Yeah. And I want our community to go to, to listen to this because research, research. Doing permanent makeup that's a lot of money. Sheila Bella does that. That's who I worked for. Sheila Ferrari. Sheila, yeah. yeah, Sheila Bella. <laughs> yes. Good friend of me and Steve Guadis. Yeah, Shout Sheila. out to Sheila. Yes, yeah. yes. Makes millions doing that. Exactly, yeah. No, she's a perfect example of somebody who unapologetically hired herself. There was not a, a position in the beauty industry that that hired her. So she was like, you know what? I'm going to create my own 
yeah. business. I'm going to create my own work. Yes. And I was one of her employees for four years. I worked at Sheila Bella and her brother. Very, and very inspiring. She's a classic example of that. And that's basically what I did with my art. Like, okay, there's no stories that represent Phil Ams, um, women of color, uh, women who have their own agency, um, and just Asian American stories from our authentic point of view. Right. You know, our stories as me, a daughter of an immigrant, um, what that looks like, you know. So I I was like, okay, well, who are the careers that I admire? I look up to careers like Mindy Kaling, um, Tina Fey. I love funny mm, women, yeah. Amy Poehler, um, Rachel Bloom. Um, and, I, and, and I was like, okay, well, what did they do? And... So I, yeah, I, and then I was like, okay, well, how do I write a screenplay? And I just researched, you know, different screenwriting um, classes in the Los Angeles area. And I came upon an, a podcast um, called On the Page with Pilar Alessandra. And then she had a book that I ended up just ordering on Amazon. And I read her book. And then I, I saw that she was... Uh, she taught classes and so I signed up for her classes and um, and it was because of her mentorship that I was able to learn just the the, the, the craft of screenwriting because it is a craft it's something that you learn just like songwriting there's, yes. there's a formula there's a craft to good storytelling and, and this is going on while building a family yes so then I have that too yeah no excuses <laughs> right yeah, and I and I find inspiration from that. Mm. So I mean, in Proud Marys, um, basically the logline is about three daughters who shake up the strict traditions of the religious Filipino American family when they all get knocked up out of wedlock at the same time. Oh my time. god! <laughs> By the way, to, to people who don't, who don't understand, the logline is the first thing that that summarizes everything yeah, before the synopsis and all that that's stuff. That's right. Is. It's like it's like your elevator pitch. Yes. It's like if you were like a, to run into a producer in a in an elevator. That's it. It's like, tell me, what, what are you writing? It's like, yeah. oh, I have this story. And okay, what is it? And if, yeah, you, and you can't, if you can grab them in that one log line, mm. then that's it. And you know what's so, what's so fair, unfair, because there are so many scripts, um, executive producers and, and, and studios, they only look at the log line and if the log line isn't interesting enough, eh, next, yeah, eh, next. Yeah, right? yeah. But that's a good log line. I like that. Thank so when you. you develop the script, how did you develop the characters? Uh, my imagination. Right. I mean, I basically took different events that happened in my life and I put them on these characters. So the wedlock thing, that's you? Um, yes. <laughs> By the way, I... Uh, uh, politics and religion lang, Jay. Right. So I'm asking all these questions. You are. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here, boundary and... Ah, cheers. Um, no, but it's fiction. But I fictitionalize things, so... But the wedlock, you? Did you experience that? I did. I did. But it's it's loosely based on my experience of, um, of my fertility issues. Mm. Okay. Um, and, <clears throat> and I... I you know, I tackle uh, issues that women face with, nice. with starting families and just, you know, I, about family planning and um, high-risk pregnancies, yeah. career. Um, you know, I, I, I deal with pregnancy termination, you know. That's all in there. 
and it's a comedy. So really, I like I like to. You found humor. I did, yeah. More I, of like satire or really comic comedy. I mean, I the way I like to the tonal comps are it's like a Jane the Virgin meets okay a Filipino American fiddler on the roof. But you know what? This is nice <laughs> because because doing it more in a comedy style. I love comedy, and it removes yes. the awkwardness. Yes, I think comedy is such a powerful way in. Yeah, you disarm people yeah. when you make <clears throat> them laugh. I love that. I and then you can love, tell the truth. And then you tell the truth. It's like, oh, you and, or the drama. You know, you just disarm them uh, with 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 that drama, with that with that laughter, and and um, and you make more of an impact. I think when when people are disarmed with humor. So the logline sounded nice. If if you guys missed it, rewind the video. Uh, the logline sounded nice. The, the it won it won um, a prize in a competition. What made you throw it away? What made you doubt yourself? Oh gosh! Um, honest answer. Huh? Honest. I, yeah. Honest answer. Yeah. Um, I had thrown it in the trash because there were certain there were certain critiques from certain individuals. I knew it. That um made me doubt myself and um tried to sort of silence me we didn't we didn't this is not a premeditated question right this is a not and i'm being very honest with you right now <laughs> yeah it was it, it was doesn't it happen in real life like people these people i mean what? i was yeah it was it was basically meant to silence me this why did you give in um because i was i was i let fear I let fear dictate that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell the story. Sure, okay, yeah." And at at that time oh, too, so good. At that time, I was, I was, I had, I had just gotten into a mentorship program. So um, one of the things also that I, you know, flung my different scripts at was mentorship programs, and I got into this mentorship program called Unlock Her Potential, and I was matched with a showrunner. Um, by the name of Brian Yorkie. Brian Yorkie um, was the creator of the Netflix series, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, you watched that show. I've, I've seen that. And he won the Pulitzer for Next to Normal. And one of my, like, um, you know, men, uh, idols, and he's actually a personal friend of mine from back in the day when we both did theater. We, I grew up in Washington State, and he, before he was Brian Yorkie, this Pulitzer Prize winning uh so this is like full circle. Broadway composer and and uh, uh, you know creator of this hit show on, on Netflix. He was the associate artistic director of a theater called Village Theater in the Seattle area, mm. and um, so I knew him as a director. He cast me in like uh, Evita and what else? The Who's Tommy and some other musicals. Like he was there developing new musicals, and then we lost touch for about like 20 years. And then I applied for this mentorship program and I got matched with Brian. And so at the beginning of our mentorship, he was like, okay, Jen, send me all your shit, your shit. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> I you can, can swear. You can swear. Um, send me all your stuff. So I, at that time you I said shit, I did. I did say shit. <laughs> go. go. So I sent him like four of my scripts at the uh, beginning of our mentorship. Um, and he zoned in on Proud Marys. He was like, what's going on with this? What, what's, I'm like, oh my gosh, what? 
It's like, this is your heart's project, isn't it? He recognized it and in the, on the page, like what I was trying to say. Um, where was I going with this? Big critique. Oh, critique. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for tracking that. Um, and, and it was around that time when that thing happened, that comment happened where I wanted to throw that away. You did throw it away. And I did throw it away. And he was like, Jen, fuck him. <laughs> Amen. He's like, he's like, this is, this is your story. Like, yeah. don't let anyone dictate what you can and can't express on the page. And it's your page. And it's my page. And, and he's like, and then he, and then he shared with me something very. That's profound. Though. Yeah. He, he shared with me, you know, as a writer himself, he's like, you know, I, I've written, I've taken inspiration from people in my life and I've put them on characters and they've seen those characters on TV and they'll recognize this speech. And it's like. You know, like I, I just take inspiration from everything, and you, you mask. Yeah, we put a mask on yes. it. And he did tell me it was something similar. He was like, you know, this person did kind of object, but then at the end came around and said, "This is really profound." But proud Marys, that's more of like a mask off moment. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like you, you just, you just mentioned. Sometimes you pick and choose from different parts and then put it on a script and you like we it's wearing a mask because it's not an actual representation of you but there are bits and pieces of but it seems that proud marriage is more of like you know what this is a mask off i'm gonna put myself in all of this and yeah there's a lot of that sure 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 i mean i i, I had another mentor tell me you know write as if no one's gonna read these pictures exactly right for the garbage can yeah so but don't don't put it on the, in the trash bin <laughs> <laughs> but the having him say that to very me inspiring. like yeah it very was, inspired it was very profound like okay yeah i will tell my truth because that's 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 when you get the most impact and relatability you so know? when you come to, when you came to terms with yeah i will tell my truth did it give you courage absolutely yeah it was very freeing you know because up until that point i felt like i was trying to make art with like my hands tied behind my back it's not art it's not art. well it That's could like... be if you put the paint on if you if you, if you use your face yeah. <laughs> anyway. um so yeah, so yeah, that, that was that was just very freeing. So, okay, is that a one-off or is that your mindset now? Absolutely, yeah, that's my mindset now because, you know, now that I'm writing and creating from my point of view, I'm, it's whatever I want it to be. Right. You know, as 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 an artist, um, as a as an actor, you know, uh, back in the day and. Uh, there was an environment that was created that you're supposed to just be grateful to be in the room. I know, right? Right? And now it's like, no, wait, I I have a voice. I have a point of view that matters. I mean, it's why we were on strike, right? It fostered that kind of environment where you're just supposed to be happy with what you're getting. And now look where we are. We have like... AI like threatening our livelihood um but thank goodness you know we can talk about that the strike um, that happened yes we can talk about it finally 
I mean, it's they they've come to a, a tentative agreement. You know, uh, the writer strike. We were on strike since May second, I believe, with the WGA. I'm not a part of the WGA yet. I'm part of the Dramatists Guild, which is the the guild for playwrights and lyricists. Um, and I had just joined this year and then I, uh, back in May actually, and then I went out, you know, with my WGA brothers and sisters and picketed and then sag after we, we, we've, we've been on strike since, uh, June or July. Gosh. And that, that's sad though. Yeah. Like when, when the strike was about AI taking over background actors and actresses, and not giving them any royalties for using their likeness. That's is that, right. Is that what it is in a nutshell? Yeah, in a nutshell, it's basically, you know, background actors, they can just screen your likeness and then just use it in perpetuity. Like, that's... Say goodbye to your career. What, you, you, you're not going to have any agency over your likeness. That's, that's so wrong. <laughs> so, thankfully, there have been some terms now that have, that have been... Uh, uh, agreed upon so yay how about for writers like doing those chat gpts or software ai software um you mentioned it a while ago mm. off cam like even the log line right let's talk about the log oh my god putting a log line into an ai yeah, yeah. device and say write me a script it's i mean it's yeah you could basically take a pilot script that a writer has written that I've written and then it goes through the software and then they can churn out entire episodes. So it's not going to be, it's not going to have a soul. It's not going to be no. human. So I, I mean, I think AI, it should, it should be able to not replace humans, but maybe enhance, enhance, enhance. that's it. So I'm just so glad that we've come to a tentative agreement. Now, before all of this, you said you grew up in Washington state. Mm-hmm. What made you want to go into the arts? What made me want to go yeah. into the arts? Um, well, I, I growing up, I think um, my parents inadvertently instilled the arts in us. Because so I was born in the Philippines. I came here when I was five, youngest of four, and my parents. How many siblings? I'm the youngest of four. So okay. yeah, so two sisters and an older brother. Okay. Um, and my parents who wanted us to, uh, keep up with our culture, they, they enrolled us in Filipino folk dancing. So I grew up, you know, folk dancing. So, you know, tinikling. Tinikling, itikitik. You know those? Yeah. Even the coconut. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. So I did that, um, growing up. So I think that, uh, set me up as far as like enjoying, um. You enjoyed it. I did. I did. I enjoyed it. I hated that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed performing, but I was really shy growing up. I mean, and then I, I played in, I played violin in, in middle school and then I was in choir, but I was really shy. All in Washington state. All in Washington state. And it wasn't until high school graduation, I finally got the courage <laughs> to audition for my high school graduation. It was for the commencement and the Tacoma Dome. Shout out Tacoma Dome. Shout out. <laughs> Um, and not only did I did I um, get picked to sing for my graduation, but they picked the song that I had auditioned with. When did you When did you know you could sing? Um, I mean, I, I sang in high school as as a hobby, you know. Huh? 
inquire. Whoa. Yeah. So, and then it was, um, it was during my first year of college that I auditioned for, I went to an open call casting for this Broadway show called Miss Saigon. As an introvert. As an introvert. Why'd yep. you do it? Um, for the experience. Really? For fun. So yeah. It Were was, you dating at this time? Was I what? Dating. Dating. Yes, I was dating. What'd you tell your boyfriend? Well, my boyfriend at the time, we drove together because he was also an actor. So he was more in. So, okay, I, so I'm we getting both, it. Yeah. yeah. So you were dragged along. We, we, yeah, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was the summer before my sophomore year. I'm dating myself. So it was the summer of 1992. Do the math. Um, and it was like an open casting call. In Vancouver, actually, they were doing like a whole she casting, yeah, casting thing for future productions of Miss Saigon. And at this time, the New York show had already been running for a year. Leia had gotten her, yeah, her Tony, and I, I was familiar enough with the music. I'd been listening to it on my cassette tape when it came out, right? Yeah, everybody had oh, a cassette tape. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, it was like the big thing, right? So. Um, I remember my cousin called me from Vancouver. She was living in Vancouver at the time. And she saw this local ad that said, hey, they're looking for singers who move well to audition for Miss Saigon. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I know the show. I love the show. I, I, I have the you cassette tape. You can dance, you can sing. <laughs> so I drove up to Vancouver and I, it was like a, the last day of like a three-day open call. And were, you, were you attaching yourself to outcome? Meaning, did you expect? No. Anything. You just showed up. I just showed up. And this is so funny because I, you know, in, in the thing it said, be ready to move, right? So now, now you know that when you first audition, you, you're supposed to look nice. Yeah. You dress up. And then if, you, if they like how you sing, then they'll invite you for the callback for the dance. For the dance part. My ass showed up. <laughs> already like in sweatpants like ready to dance like what so i drove up i was like wearing i remember i was like wearing like these these leggings and a union bay sweatshirt like off to the side shoulders yeah yeah, yeah 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 oh my god i was like so flash dance um so i was like okay well i know some 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 songs from the show so i went in there and i remember like waiting in the waiting room and like people were just like going in there so fast like they were in and out like oh my gosh like there's like eight bars and they're out Wow. So I go in there and they're like, What are you gonna what are you gonna sing for us? I'm like Who was there? It was Cameron McIntosh was there, no? He was, was Mitchell Lemsky, who was the associate director to Nicholas Heitner, okay. Jody Mosha, I think Vinnie Liff, the late Vinnie Liff. Oh. Um yeah, it was it was like the the the, the, the production team. So it was serious. Yeah. Yeah. It was a serious audition. It was a serious yeah. audition. And I went in there and um I was like, Well, I do you know any songs from the show? I said, yes, I do. So I, they're like, okay, well, what would you like to sing? And I said, I can sing. I give my life for you. They let me sing the entire song. And I, and then I just stood there at the end of the song, like, okay, well, do you know sun and moon? Uh -huh. They had me sing sun and moon. And then, um, they were like, okay, well just hang back. We're going to talk about you. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just, I like literally was like, I'll just, I'll just sophomore in college. I was going into my sophomore year oh, of college. Man. So, um, and then they're like, okay. Um, and I didn't even, 
so funny. I didn't even have like a proper headshot and resume. I had my, I had a glamour shot. Remember like in the mall, you would take your glamour shot. I had yeah. like a glamour shot with like sequins, like, like a big like perm Janet Jackson with like one earring on one side. Um, How was your hair like that? It was like totally yeah. like the mall hair. I that That's the headshot that I brought in. And then I had like stapled a piece of paper on the back and hadn't written that I was like in college and stuff. Such a nerd. Um, but they were like, okay, we, we see here that you are uh, currently going to be a sophomore in college this fall. And we just wanted to know, Jennifer, um, how would you feel if uh, we were to offer you a job on Broadway? And I'll never forget what I said to them. I was like, uh... <laughs> I'm going to have to ask my mom first. <laughs> and they're like, okay, great. You'll, you'll hear from us. I'm like, okay. So then I like left and my boyfriend at the time was like, what happened? I'm like, they told me that I have a job on Broadway. I don't know. So he was like, what? So I drove, I drive back home and I'm like, mom, um, She's like, what happened? I'm like, I think I, I think I got a job. But she's like, what are you talking about? You have to go to, you have to go to school this fall. And I'm like, they said I got a job. And literally like two days later, I get a FedEx package and it was a contract. Oh man. To be a Kim cover and ensemble member in the Broadway company. And the Broadway my, company. The Broadway company. Not even the London company. No, this is the Broadway. So this is, yeah, the summer of 1992. And I remember wow. um, my parents thought it was a scam. So they called the number on the letter. They're like, this is, this is Tony Pass. Um, we have this letter. It's this, and it was Susan Bell. Thank, shout out, Susan Bell. So shout out, Ms. Bell. He um, said, no, Mr. Paz, this is not a scam. This, we're offering your job your daughter a job on Broadway in Miss Saigon. So that's how I got my start. Did I answer your question? Yes. <laughs> I just went on a tangent. But here, here's the kicker. So, um, I'm, I'm actually going, about to go in tears, but go. Okay. So, so this was like July of 92 and then I was supposed to leave for the Broadway company in August. Um, so just, you know, a couple weeks later, but they called me right before I was supposed to leave and they said, Hey, listen, we have a spot open, uh, in the first national tour it, that's going to start in Chicago. So we want to give you a choice. Do you want to go to the Broadway company Residency. and right. be, you know, the ensemble Kim cover, or would you like to join the first national tour brand new company as the Kim alternate? And we're going to start rehearsals in Chicago. We'll give you a day to think about it. A day? Yeah. So I thought about it. I'm like, okay. So I accepted the Chicago, the first national Broadway tour. And so I... Why? <clears throat> because I, I wanted to just... I wanted to be part of a brand new company rather than being poured into an already established company. It's like um, playing the, pli the Price is Right, no? Right. Showcase number right, one. Right, yeah. It was like that. So I was Showcase like, oh, number two. Oh, I wanna, shoot. I want to be part of like a brand new mounting of, of the production. So I, I chose... Um, Did you consult anybody with regard to... No. Like who? Like... Like, like a like, psychic? Like, no, no, hey. no, no. 1-800. <laughs> 1-800. What do you think I should do? Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Cleo. <laughs> Out of those? No, no, no. No. Um, and, and you know what? Okay. I'm trying to set it up because this is a major life decision. Yeah. You're not even in your sophomore year of college. And, no. and you, 
you didn't sit down with friends or boyfriend or mommy and daddy or sibs. It's like, let me think about this. And you were actually writing, oh, look at that, no pun intended. You were actually writing the rest of your life. Yeah, that changed my life. That changed the trajectory yep. of my life. What were you taking up in college? I was an English major and a, maybe a theater minor. I don't even know. I can't even remember if I declared a major yet. I was just taking classes. I was going to UW, University of Washington. Yeah. Okay, so you did the Chicago thing. So, yeah. Were they disappointed that you were not going to Broadway? Who? The, the, the company, the Broadway company. No, no, no. They didn't, they didn't care. They were just like, we need to we'll fill this spot. <laughs> so you did that. So I did that. Um, I, I did that tour for three and a half years. And I ended up, so for the when first. When you say tour, where'd you go? We went from Chicago, Boston, Denver, wow. Florida, St. Paul, Detroit. What happened to your like love life? Open, we like opened all the major U.S. cities. Um, what love life? Exactly. Yeah, no, you, I, I ended up breaking up. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, we have to talk about this because there are sacrifices. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, long distance didn't work. Right. So, yeah, we're still friends to this yeah. day, that that. That so, ex-boyfriend. So. so let's talk about that part because there are people who think that the, the person you're with is a person you'll end up with. And then a life decision comes that's for you. And now you may you have to make a hard choice. It's like Broadway, Chicago. Now this is like boyfriend, no boyfriend. How decisive were you with everything happening in your life at that time? Because if they were only giving you 24 hours to decide, it meant that you had to really make a decision that would affect the rest of your life. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, just even delaying college was a big decision. And my mom, I mean, God bless yeah. her. I love you, mom. Thank you for supporting my crazy decision. <laughs> I mean, she was she was really um, hesitant to let me go. Like, you know, it's like it's so unstable, right? Yes. She's like, what are you doing? So um, she actually took off like a month off from to work be with you? to be with me so she came her youngest daughter yeah her youngest her bunso, bunso. um so she came with me um i had my ninang was in skokie illinois just outside of chicago so i stayed with my ninang for a little bit and then um i and then they moved me into an apartment in chicago because right. i was there for about a year we were on that tour for a year so I, you know, I, I made decisions, but boy, my, my parents were right there with me, like making sure that I, 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 I wasn't a knucklehead, which I was, you know, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank goodness for their guidance. Cause my dad, who's an accountant, um, he, he, he really helped me, um, manage my finances. finances. Yeah. Thank goodness, because I would have just blown off. <laughs> you know what? It's nice, no? It's nice to have supportive parents. Yes. Um, how long did you do it? Three years? So I did that tour for three years. And then after? And then after, and we opened here at the Amundsen. Yes. Um, and then I went back on tour again with another tour of Miss Saigon. A couple years, or like seven years later, I did another tour of it for another two, three years. So and then after that... I did like maybe six or five or six more regional productions. So all in total, yes, I did the show Miss Saigon from 1992 
to 2013. My Kim is legal. Y'all, she's 21. She can drink. Um, so I... <laughs> Um, yeah, a lot of my friends used to tease me that I like was the Carol Channing of Miss Saigon. Carol Channing, who like did Hello Jolly for so many years, or like the Carl Anderson of Miss Saigon. My God. It paid the bills, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for that show having um, having been a huge part of my artistic life. Were, you, were there were there nights that you didn't want to do the show? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, eight shows a week. You have to live like a monk to be able to. Like, no life. No life. No life. I B mean, bikini dress. Bikini yeah. dress. I mean, so that and that's why. They, oh yeah, then you you you, you couldn't have a you, you have yeah to, yeah no yeah. yeah no. You had to look sexy first. You had to look a certain way. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so what was the lifestyle like? I I, I mean, what, what 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 were the sacrifices that you needed to do? Because you like. Have, you have to understand though, this was my very first professional gig. So uh -huh. I thought this was how it, biz, show business was. I didn't have anything else to compare it to. So, what was the discipline? Um, it was just do the show and go back to your apartment. Right. Rest your voice. Rest your voice. Um, and th that's why too, they, they typically had... Uh, they split the schedule six to two. It's like eight shows a week, right? But you have the six show a week, Kim, and then you have the matinee yes. Kim. Okay. So Ooh. I was the matinee Kim for like the first six months, and it was Jenny Kwan. Um, shout out, Jenny Kwan. Shout out. Um, who left the show because she got uh, offered California Dreams. Do you remember that show, California yes. Dreams? Yes. Saturday morning. So she left to do California Dreams, and then they bought me up to the main Kim. Um, and... It was literally like on the job training for me. Like wow. I didn't know stage right, stage left, downstage, upstage. Like those basic things is what I learned doing Miss Saigon. Have, did, <laughs> and, and like, you know, just having a strong work ethic, knowing how to yeah. take care of your voice, knowing how to uh, do a press thing, you know, knowing what to say, what not to say, things like that. Um, is mental block real? In what way? Like when you're on stage, oh my God, what am I supposed to say? Um, thank goodness I never, those things never really happened to me. Um, Have you, did, you, did you ever ad lib? But gosh darn it, you live for those moments when, you're, when your scene partner dies. You're like, oh, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? What are you going to do? What's going to happen? Oh, I know you don't remember your life. I don't, yeah, I love that. Um <laughs> No, I remember doing a regional production of Miss Saigon. This is like not the tour. This is like a regional production uh, when um, uh, the Tam wasn't there for the big scene with, you know, the engineer. The, I'm supposed to come on stage with him. And it was during the engineer's uh, scene, yeah. If You Want to Die in Bed. Do you know the show? Yeah. Okay. So the, If You Want to Die in Bed number and... It, it, and then I come in, I'm like, engineer, Tui's dead. He was, you know, and I'm like, I'm supposed to have the kid with me. And the kid, I'm like, where's the kid? Where is he? Where is he? Like, I'm supposed to be on stage with him in like, how many seconds? And apparently he was in the bathroom. And so the, that, the bell tone happened and the engineer was like, just waiting for me. And this, this particular actor who was the engineer had played um, Scar in The Lion King. Oh, okay. 
And I swear to God, he like reverted back to his scar because the bell tone happened. I didn't come in with engineer two. He's dead. He was, you know, and he just like, he looked around. He's like, what's happening? (laughs) I hate dreamland. Like, I'm like, what show are we in? My face was like from like horror in the wings to, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? This is so fun. Like, I'm such an asshole. And then, and then finally the Wrangler like brings the, the Tam in and like I, he was in the bathroom. He had no shoes on. Like he like, I could tell like she like barely put up his like pants. He was taking a dump, I guess. So, but it's, I, I live for those moments. I live for those moments. <laughs> where you're like, what are you going to do? What's going to happen? Um, Ooh, anyway. Um, those are, those are nice moments. Those are though. nice moments. What made you leave the show? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't want to die in a pool of pee anymore. No, just kidding. Um, I have died in a pool of pee. <laughs> I have with the Tams, just like yeah. Uh, um, what? What you I mean after twenty-one years? Yeah. What would What would make you want to leave? I mean, <laughs> because okay, because you could have you could have pivoted to to something else and stay in the company, right? Maybe no. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. What are you talking about? Like behind the scene or stuff like that. Yeah. No. I, I, I listen. I I'm so grateful that I that I was able to have a long run. I, I think you're the longest. I, I am the longest. <laughs> That's why I'm like, why leave? You're already there. Well. Because no one else would hire me. No. Um. I thought you were going to say, why le- Why did you leave? The pandemic. The wow. pandemic. <laughs> I played it until the pandemic. 1992 to 1992? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, uh, why did I leave? Because it was time to leave. It was time to leave. Back okay. That's what, that's the, okay. When do you know? When do you know? That it's time to leave. <laughs> well, in your case, you finally knew. <laughs> Seventeen. <laughs> I mean, duh. Hey, but you still <coughs> no bullshit. Huh? No bullshit. No, 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 no bullshit. No, you can still, you can still play seventeen. Oh, you're very sweet. You're very sweet. These lights are really bright. No, put, um, put it in the comments below. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like every time that phone rang, they're like, "Okay, here's another production that wants you to play Kim." I'm like, "Dude, you know I'm like a hundred years old," <laughs> and the and like. Every time I went to sh- the production, like my Christmas kept getting younger and younger. <laughs> I felt like fucking like Demi Moore. And Christian Fisher. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, pedophile kid. Okay. <laughs> like okay no more <laughs> so the very last production I did was very special because it was in 2013 and it was already after I had my son Julian and he was, okay. shout out, was Julian. like shout out Julian straight ace okay. we'll, we'll talk about that later but yeah he was like um yeah he was seven eight months old and I swear to god like I was I was pumping I was pumping my breath like half hour I was like okay <laughs> I got you. I'm there. Um, intermission's like, okay, I'm pumping. I had to pump to get into that costume. Um, but it was very special. Because, 
<laughs> because uh, Anthony also was in that production. <laughs> now I've got the giggle. <laughs> and he did a walk-on with Sleeping Julian. But that's not where you met Anthony, though, no? That's not where. Okay. <laughs> Shout okay. out, Anthony. We, shout out, Anthony. Shout out. We must focus. Okay. <laughs> I think this coffee is getting too... Good coffee, you know? Good coffee. Thank you, Jaja. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hmm. okay, yeah. Who are we talking about? We're talking about you pumping. <laughs> I fucking my breath. 2013. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm actually going to go see a play this Friday <laughs> called Not a True Story. Mm-hmm about um it, it's uh about kim if she hadn't killed herself really really <laughs> so more of like an offshoot yeah wait no i oh. want to get this right because i want to do yeah. a shout out um go 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 it's um the play is called <clears throat> excuse me now i'm like it's called not a true story here's your camera there you go right there right yeah. there okay <clears throat> there it is it's called not here it is. Can I can I show it? Can yeah. I show it right there? there Not go. a true story. Yeah. And um, they they invited me to come and have a little panel discussion uh-huh. after the play. And and um, I'm just gonna read it. It's so this is not a true story. Uh, wait, where's the description is on here? It's gonna be an artist. Artists at play, and it takes the story of these tragic, three tragic heroines, Chocho Sun, yeah, and Kim and Miss Saigon, mm. and takes you on this journey if they hadn't killed themselves. Wow. Yeah, and it and it gives that female character agency, and gives gives that strong point of view of wait, why does she have to kill herself? Why does she have to kill herself, right? So I'm very excited about that, and and we're gonna have a little panel discussion about the complicated, the complicated legacy of films in Miss Saigon. So because it is a very complicated so legacy. I'm just gonna be real with you all. They're reeling you in. What do you mean? It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap because <laughs> a trap. because if Kim did not kill herself, you'd be. This is like the alternate alternate universe where you play Kim right now. Again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> like you're like, what am I doing? Why, why, why am I Kim? <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, I, I really this the premise of this play, going back to why I started writing, right? Is is it's now it's a time for us to tell our stories. Amen. That's it, you know. Um and I know it's probably gonna be very a very spirited discussion about the points of view of who gets to tell a story. Yeah. Right. Miss Saigon, if you really pare it down, it's like it was written by two Frenchmen about the Vietnam war. Yeah. So that's now, now we're seeing that it's, that's kind of problematic. Right. And why does, and, and, and it's loosely based on Madame Butterfly. Also. Yes. yes. Again, she kills herself. You know, and actually when I did see the show again within the, the, the recent New York City revival, after having done it for 21 years. Are you the longest? I am the longest. I hey. have been told that. I have been told that. Claim it. I, I own that yes. shit. Okay. Um, 
But I, I sat there in the audience with fresh eyes and I was like, you know what? Why does she have to fucking kill herself? You know, like I've always thought like, why can't she like right into go the off, sunset? Yeah. Go, go off yeah. with like Ellen and mm. like take Tam and run an, run an Airbnb in the United States. Right. You know, there's so many more choices and options for women. Um, and this whole like white savior trope, all of that, like there are so many more options. And if it comes from the point of view of women of color, of people of color. Yes. If we tell our own stories, um, it's 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 it has a much more profound impact, and um, it's just more truthful. Like um, to segue for proud Marys, mm. did you ever think about killing characters or? Yes. Wow. Yes, I I do I I do not kill them, but I but there are choices that that wow. one of the daughters has to make Ooh. with her with her we're not we're not going far huh well let's not yeah. reveal that yeah yeah we'll so me. but these are <clears throat> and now we're in a uh post roe v wade, wade mm, era yes. we're not talking about politics though no <laughs> we'll go wherever you want to go but honestly like we are we're in an era now where um women don't have agency over their bodies and i started writing this when we were still inside Roe v. Wade and we would have celebrated 50 years of right. that and now we're post Roe v. Wade. So uh, I tackle some some issues, you know, I tackle some issues there that also is under the influence of the Catholic Church, mm. Mm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I go so there. You, you go. But I go there with comedy. But then again, it's... It, <laughs> That's the nice part. You're you're just softening the blows yeah, with yeah. But those are real blows. It's 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 real. It's yeah. real. And like I said, like I just I love how how comedy does disarm us all. The power of um you mentioned a while ago, like like we were talking about your son, right? He sees his mom and he he sees what you're doing. Um how is it how are you and Anthony influencing your son? Wow. Well, I, I, I really try to just live truthfully and honestly and authentically with him. Like we don't bullshit him. We, we've always talked to him like, like I, like a human, not like a little, you know, we don't talk right. down to him. Um, we're very real with him. Um, and we do give him agency. We mm. give him choice. Like I, I try to be, the kind of parent that I wished I had. Ooh. No shade on you, mom and dad. I love <laughs> me and my mom and dad. I do. But there are things that come up now as a mother that I'm like, okay, I remember my mom handling it this way. And that traumatized me. So I'm going to do it this way. And and I really, I talk to him. And when I do have a hard time, I, I'm I'm really honest with him. And, I'm, and I tell him like, I'm not perfect. I will make mistakes. Um, and you're okay with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. No um, facade, right? Because our no facade. parents, they had to put up a front. They did, they did, they did, and I and I and I get that, and I get that they they did that to protect us. Um, but I I I'm choosing a different way. Like yes, I've taken the wisdom from my parents, but then there's other things that um, from my own trauma, I guess I, I I'm trying to correct. Mm. You know, and, 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 and that sort of generational trauma. <laughs> yeah. 
But you're not um, detached from 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 your parents' generation, man. No, 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 no. I mean, they they know that I've, uh, that I have always been hard headed. You know, my mom. Because bunso. I am the bunso. Uh, but and I've always had very strong opinions. Um, but you know, it turns out it's because. And 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 I and I talk about this in my show. I see you laughing. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> why are you laughing? It's just cute. I'll, I'll use the word cute um, in a different in a different way okay. context. Are uh, you feeling na na parang Joseph lang eh, parang Joseph ni Jacob, uh, second to the youngest, diba? Left for whatever, and then biglang nag shine in his own light. Si, si Joseph sa nang Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream. It's so funny because that's, that's how Anthony and I met. Oh my God, I, <laughs> I had no clue. Look at the connection, but yeah. yeah. Yes. Parang, parang, yes. And then here you are in your own little hard-headed way, very tenacious. Talagang I'll do what I'll do. I'll go, pero no, no attachment to outcome. It's just so, so inspiring. Kaya ako natatawa. To be honest, yeah, that's that's when I that's when that's why I'm saying it's cute because the journey <laughs> the journey isn't easy but you what but when you're telling us the story you make it sound easy you make it sound enticing i and, do yeah when you watch this it, it really is oh Jay, gosh. Do, huh? i the, don't know yeah okay so kaya ako na yung hindi ako natatawa i'm you're actually like, oh you're so cute actually natutuwa you know something like like parang parang other people would be trying hard to do what you just shared you did and you just went Zzzz. by the way huh? i did follow what my mom and dad said i did follow their advice <laughs> Kita mo? both of you are laughing that's a, that's how i see it and i mean yeah that's basically how it happened <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad, but so yeah. I could laugh. I could laugh, right? You can, I guess you can laugh. I guess. Um, so, so now, okay. Why California? Why? why what brought you to California? Because of Miss Saigon, basically. Because it ended up here. It ended up here at the Amundsen, and then I just made home here. Since Did you even tell your mom and dad I'm not coming home? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, well, it was so funny because here, here, here's another thing. Here's another fun fact about me. Oh, my mom. Um, so, you know, I, there was a time when I was like, okay, I had finished a show and then I did some TV and film work here. Um, and then, and then, and then eventually I went back to theater and then I moved back up to Seattle to do some regional theater there. And, and then I met, um, uh, my, my now ex-husband. Uh-huh. So yes, I'm divorced. Um, so I met I met someone up there. I got married, and and then I remember like and I and I got married for the wrong reasons. I mean, we ended up uh, you know divorcing we do that. amicably. Yes, yes, you yeah. Um, but I I tried to do what I was supposed to do. Right. After so many years of right. rebelling, I came home. I was doing my thing. And look, mom, I'm I'm doing my thing at home, and I'm I met this nice guy, and he's great on paper. And look, he he proposed, so I was like, all right, I'll say yes, and we got married. And and I realized, like, oh gosh, I got married for the, the wrong, wrong reason. Because it wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. And and then I remember, like, when did you realize this? How 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 long into the marriage? Oh. <laughs> 
oh my god like, reception like, <laughs> like two drinks in i'm like, like oh shit oh, no I'm just kidding oh no yeah it was pretty i mean it was we we were married and divorced like within two years <laughs> oh yeah okay i thought it was faster than britney spears not the like that. <laughs> um but i realized it was because i was trying to do this for my parents yeah after rebelling for so long and I you know I tried to get pregnant and we that didn't work and um but I remember like sitting at at home with my mom when I was already married like I came home like one weekend and we were watching like the Golden Globes and 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 she was like wow you should be up there and I'm like oh my gosh I'm home here like what what Are you the only celebrity kid in the in the family? Um, I'm the only art artista. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's just like one of those like mixed messages. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, I did yes. the thing, mom, and now you're telling me like I felt like a failure. You know what I mean? I- I've given you what you wanted, what I thought you wanted, and you're telling me what? Why? Basically, you're telling me why aren't you in LA? You know, up there writing or doing the thing that I know you really want to do. <laughs> So anyway, that marriage ended um, amicably, and um, and then I started dating my now husband, and this is, you know. Uh, Wait, so you went back after the divorce? You went back to LA? Yes. Well, I I, I met Anthony, funnily enough, in Seattle ah, doing Joseph, Joseph in the amazing Technicolor dream coat. Yes. I didn't know that, huh? You didn't know that, and you had connected that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you met there. Oh, nice. We met there and, excuse me, we ended up doing like three or four productions of Joseph after after. How'd you know he was the one? How did I know? Um, Anthony, this, this part of the podcast oh is for gosh. you. Oh my gosh. We had a complicated start. Let's just say that. I was, I was at the end of my... Marriage. marriage so it was like hold up wait no let me let me figure myself out Go. um but there was like this inexplic- inexplicable yeah. pull between us that just was so you know you you, you, you kind of just know yeah. it was an awareness like i it was a kind of awareness like he'd be in the room i'd be talking to this person but i would know where he was and i would right. track him <laughs> And I'm like having this conversation with somebody else. I'm like, why am I thinking about that guy? <laughs> you know? And then like, I'd be like doing something else. I'm like, why is he in my head? So yeah. And just, it just flowed. Like we right. were friends. No effort. No effort. Mm. And even arguments are nice. Even arguments are nice. And it's like, okay, where are you coming from? Yeah. This is where I'm coming yeah. from. Um, But so grand, how, how long have you guys been together? We've been together now for 13 years. Mm. Wow. Mm. Married for, we got married 2019. How many kids? Just one. Just the one. No effort. Yeah. And this is the thing with Even me Julian, too. Even Julian? No effort? No effort. See? Just easy. It's so easy. It's so, he's such a good kid. He, it's like, I always say like, he's like a roommate. <laughs> so self-sufficient. This 10-year-old. Like, um, but Yeah. I, I can't complain. Like I, I got, I'm so blessed with the family that I have now. Galeng, no, for you to be able yeah. to say that now. No? Yeah, yeah. So the journey. It's the all journey. about the journey. It is. No? It is. So. so, looking back in in retrospect, would you say that every event in your life 
That's a mistake. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Would, is I'm it? Just kidding. I'm no, just no, kidding. But, no. no, but maybe the mis- um, what you thought was a mistake weren't really mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That they were meant to happen. That's, yeah, I believe that. I don't have any regrets. Amen. Regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> because it led me to this moment. Yeah. Um, no victim mentality. No. <sighs> That's my biggest pet peeve. I hate victim mentality. I hate it. I hate it. There's too. always a solution. Mm. There's always a choice. You always have a choice. You're not a post. You can move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always, I always say like you are 100 percent responsible for the condition that you're in, right? Dang. Yeah. Yeah. So even yeah, of course it took me a lot of therapy to to get there. You serious. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, come on. You mentioned, okay, um, let me bring it back, huh? Because like, how, might, are you, how are you going to circle this back? No, 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 no. Oh. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to talk about mm. mentorship. Mentorship, yes. Because it speeds up the process. And mm-hmm. other people think that getting a mentor is a sign of weakness. No, who said that? There are people who think, no, 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 no. I should, I should do it the, the, the hard way. That's Mentors a, are <clears throat> like. Please. Explain. It's so important, and I think it's so re- important and responsible to get a mentor. I don't know. I just wouldn't you want someone to share their experience right? with you, so you can take that and go, "Oh, okay, wise one, this is how you did it." And you can take what's useful for you, and you can leave out what's not. Like this story that you're you're actually sharing with with the community. This in itself is a fast food mentorship into what you've what you've um, gone through yeah i mean i that's the one thing i do regret okay we talk about not having regrets i regret not seeking a mentor sooner, sooner. in my career because i i would have really loved the help i would have re- i would have really loved that um mentorship but it's, sometimes it's hard to trust that's what yeah. it is it's hard to trust someone that really has uh, the genuine um concern and and for you that you that that you you know that they want you to win or they want you to succeed um but i've i've been lucky now in my later on in my years that that i have been able to find the right mentors who have also chosen me like they've obviously recognized like a baby version of them and me like oh she's doing it this way let me take you under my wing because I'm, I'm sure i make you know i've, I've asked dumb questions i made stupid yeah. mistakes and so why not seek out somebody that can share their wisdom i think that's so important it's just great for community building it's great for um just any kind of building right you know, you, you want to root for this person. You want to root for someone who's trying to do the thing. Um, and I think that only comes when that person also has succeeded in their way. Like Brian Yorkey has, has won the awards and it's his way of giving back. And I think that's beautiful. And I, and I would love to do that for someone too. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I do get, um, one of the things I love um, is meeting meeting other young artists. Uh, I got to do like a bunch of Comic Cons because I, I used to um, voice a character on a cartoon called Steven Universe. And one of the perks of of this job was to you know meet meet young artists. And I and I love um, that this show had such a 
cult following, wow. you know, a beautiful cult following. And so I, I, to this day, get a lot of DMs of just like young artists who ask me for advice and, and I'm happy to share, like, this is how I did it. Like, and whatever, like, how do I get into voiceover work? How do I do this? How do I do that? And I'm happy to share those resources. So that being said, 17, 18 year old Jennifer, who was about, who's about to drive to Vancouver. Had you met her at one of the gas stops? And if she just talked to you and said, I don't want to do this. I think I'm not going to go to Vancouver. What, 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 what would you have told her? Knowing who she was and knowing who you are. First of all, I would tell that 17, 18 year old Jennifer to protect your heart. <laughs> um, and that I would tell her that you are enough. I would. Um, yeah. Is your heart protected? It is now. It is now. It's 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 protected and it's open and it's open in a way that it wasn't before. I I just I know my boundaries. You know, I know my I know my value in a way that I didn't recognize before and I was just so willing to just like give stuff away, you know, my time, my energy um, to, to, to things and energies that didn't deserve it, Ooh, you know, yeah. there's no, there's no point in doing that. If, if something's not right, it's okay to walk away and that's fine. You wish that situation well, and that's fine because it just doesn't vibe. And I spent so much of my, my youth, like trying to be liked and trying to be accepted and because, uh, you know, whatever. And it's like, wait, you don't, now I'm at a point where I don't want to chase that thing. I want to attract the thing. Mm. Do you know I what I mean? It. Yes, 100%. So I think that comes <clears throat> with just doing your thing and and then you're going to attract the things that um, will vibe with that. And that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Jennifer Paz. <laughs> Thank you. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and put your comments below. And if you want to get in touch with her, you'll have to find out how. Don't we put it in the description. <laughs>